Welcome to Boy Boy Time Podcast. We're gonna get late time, yeah. Oh, it's your boy, Boy Time Podcast. Coming in with the slam dunk of a theme song. Hi ho ho, it's me, Slippin' Jimmy, back at it again with a new episode of the Boy Time Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Babby and Paul. Hello. We got a Mondo week. This is this is a big one. Um, we got three shows to talk about. Uh, we got to talk about Saul, Atlanta, and The Wire Season 3. Uh, I have to talk about the first two episodes of Kenobi, because those happened. Um, I guess Babby could talk about Stranger Things if he inclined. Uh, I have not seen it yet. I suppose. Um, we also had a Star Wars Celebration. That is actually still going on as of us recording this. So there has been a decent amount of news and stuff. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Babby says that there's a lot of music this week too. So. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a big week. Um, you do midnight. Let's go. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I think we'll start off with um, who asked for this news because I was perfect. Yes, it's always a good note to start off on. Um, are you guys familiar with Neil Blomkamp? Nope. He did District Her. Nine. Chappie. I love Chappie. I know we all love <laughs> Chappie here. Um, but he's making a new film. He uh, made the movie, I think it's called Malignant. Um, that was his COVID movie. Um, and it, I think it was universally panned as being one of the worst COVID movies. Um, not that it's about like COVID. any COVID movie, yeah. It's not about COVID. It's, I okay, feel I like... Any movie about COVID is going to be garbage. Yeah. Uh, except for maybe uh, Death to 2020. Yeah, that's by, a that's by a Charles classic. Brooker. Yeah, that's classic. That, that's a good one. Um, but Neil Blomkamp, he is uh, he's you know he made a movie about an AI demon, and now he's coming back. Uh, he got picked up by PlayStation Studios to make a Gran Turismo movie. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know who asked for this. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They made a Need for Speed movie. Way back in the day, so I guess they decided let's take another racing franchise. And but turn they're not it into getting Aaron Paul this time, though. No, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who they're gonna get. They just announced the director. Um, I don't know if Neil Blomkamp's gonna write it. There's probably gonna be heavy-handed social commentary in it um, because it's a Neil Blomkamp movie. Of course. Um, it only worked once, and then everybody figured out his stick. So. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I'll be reporting on it because I'm very interested in the career of Neil Blomkamp, except I've only seen District 9 and I don't want to watch any of his other movies because I'm scared. Um, but enough about that. We can jump into some uh, video game news. We got, we got a couple things. Uh, right as I said uh, that last week that you know summer games fest is happening and playstation is probably going to do their own thing uh they did their own thing uh it's going to be june 2nd at 5 p.m central i think it's going to be half an hour long so i don't know if this is going to be their big e3 showcase it sounds like it's going to be mostly third-party games with a little bit of playstation vr2 news 
Um, so if that's about right. Yeah. So it's going to be just like a little short showcase, which makes it sound that like maybe the big stuff is going to be at Summer Games Fest. I don't know. Um, cause I feel like it would be weird to have this showcase and then like a couple weeks later do another one when all the showcases are happening. I don't know. Um, so I guess we'll see. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll probably watch it cause I don't, I like watching them even though it's probably going to have nothing I'm interested in. Um, unless there's like a devolver thing cause I'm usually interested in those. Um, but there you go. Um, and then we got a... I guess this is the start of Star Wars Celebration talk. Um, I talked a little bit ago about the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order sequel. Um, Probably one of the the clunkiest titles um, of a video game I've heard in a while, other than Kingdom Come Deliverance. Anytime you use a colon, I'm not a big fan of colons um, in titles. Um, but we got the announcement of the squeakquel to that game. It's called Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and we got a little teaser for it. It was all cinematic. Um, it's still the same guy. I was kind of open for a different guy because the main character in the first game was kind of bleh, but, you know, to each her own. Um, and, yeah, that's coming out next year in 2023. That was all of the news that we got for that. Um, let's scurry, hop, and jump over to movie news. Uh, this was also shown at Star Wars Celebration, even though it has nothing to do with Star Wars. I guess it's tangentially related to Star Wars, because it has Harrison Ford in it. But we got the announced, uh, release date for Indiana Jones 5. Um, everybody's favorite franchise. It's never missed, famously. Um... One of the perf- most perfect franchises in the whole wide world is Indiana Jones. Um, yeah. And they're making a new one. I forgot. Um, it's not Spielberg who's making Indiana Jones 5, which may or may not be a good thing. It is James Mangold um, who did Logan. So I guess, you know, maybe it'll be good. I don't know. Um Frankly, I don't trust Spielberg right now. I think he's kind of washed up. He hasn't really done anything really good in a really long time. Um, So, you know, that's good. I forgot what Spielberg is doing next. He just did West Side Story, and I feel like I just heard that he was making a movie, and I don't remember what it is. Uh, It was like a book. Ah, whatever. I know someone who's watching this is going to be kicking, like, be like, oh, you should have known. I don't remember. Um, so, yeah, Indiana Jones 5 coming out June 30th of next year. Um, Harrison Ford will be 80 years old when that movie comes out. So uh, they probably need to get a new Indiana Jones. Do like a James Bond or something and then recast him as Idris Elba. I think that would be fun. Um, and then in terms of other news... Movie news. Uh, We got what the next Star Wars movie is going to be. Uh, It sounds like it's going to be Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie, which makes me very excited. Um, And that's coming out in late 2023. So we're not going to get the Star Wars movie for a while. It sounds like they're focusing on shows, which is the majority of the news that I have this week. So I guess I'll just jump into that. Um, 
starting off with a celebration, we got um, Mandalorian Season 3 and Ahsoka. Those are both coming out next year. Mandalorian coming out in February, and then Ahsoka is going to be coming out sometime later. Um, I, I don't really have a whole lot to add. I really like The Mandalorian. Um, the Mandalorian episodes in Book of Boba Fett were the best episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. So, you know, probably going to be good. I like his new ship. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to say about Ahsoka. I like the character in the Clone Wars. Um, and then I don't really like Rosario Dawson because she's like Mark Wahlberg, except instead of a Vietnamese person, it was a transgender person. Um and I, everybody's kind of forgotten about that or Star Wars fans don't care. And that's probably the more likely answer. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, let's see what else we got. Uh, so next we got, uh, there was this rumor thing happening. Uh, it was called grammar rodeo uh, and it was supposed to be uh, stranger things in Star Wars. Uh, Cause b- kids on bikes is a, uh, profitable genre nowadays. It's a genre. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I thought I liked the name Grammar Rodeo, even though it had <laughs> no no link to what it was actually going to be. Uh, it's a good name for something. It's a good name. <laughs> like that could be like an, a good album name, Grammar yeah. Rodeo. Um, I forgot what what Empire's uh working title was, but it was something like that. It was. Oh, I don't need to look it up, but I'm going to do, uh, working title, uh, foodies. <laughs> I don't know. That's just according to Google. Uh, so we got Grammar Rodeo is no longer called Grammar Rodeo. Very sad. Uh, it's called Star Wars Skeleton Crew. Um, and it's going to be uh, headed up by John Watts and Christopher Ford. Uh, John Watts is the, I believe, I don't know if he wrote and directed or if he just directed the last two Spider-Man movies. Um, Christopher Ford wrote Homecoming. So two Spider-Men guys are making this uh, Star Wars skeleton crew. And they really wanted to emphasize that this is not a kid's show. It's a kids on bikes show. Um there is a there is a mean? difference. Okay, so I guess for those who are not informed, the new genre kids on bikes. Um, I don't know if did we coin oh, it or is that revived? It's revived. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if we coined the term or if I heard that somewhere. It um, sounds like a term. It sounds like a term, and if it isn't a term, then we came up with it. Then it better stick. Yeah, okay. I think it's a it's good. good <laughs> it's a good name for the genre. Um, kids on bikes, uh, they were really big. Steven Spielberg made a bunch of kids on bikes movies like Goonies and E.T. Uh, then they kind of fell out of fashion for a really long time. I guess Mac and me is also a kids on bikes movie. Mac and me stand by me. I'm going to count. Oh, stand by me. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Does it count? It does count. Uh, I don't think the nineties one counts, but definitely the new one. Yeah. Um, so then in the early teens, Kids on Bikes came back with Stranger Things, It, the new Ghostbusters movie, and now Grammar Rodeo. So it's coming back, and it's like a big thing. And Finn Wolfhard is in every single one. 
Yeah, he is like because <laughs> he was in Stranger Things, it and the new Ghostbusters movie. So, uh, yeah, that's the genre called kids on bikes. Uh, please make it stick because it's 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 perfect. And there's always kids on bikes. I don't always know. Too. I don't know what else you would call that genre. Just Amblin Adventures. I don't know. I suppose. Um, but Grammar Rodeo coming out sometime next year. Uh, if you're interested in a Star Wars kids on bikes, I don't, I have no idea what it's about. I, I hope that Finn Wolfhard is in it just to complete the, we need the continuity. Yeah. We need the continuity. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, we got some news on, um, the Donald Glover Lando show kind of. Not news. It's more like news that it isn't being worked on right now. Um, Kathleen Kennedy, who is, I think, the CEO of Lucasfilm, uh, she did like an interview at Star Wars Celebration. Someone asked her about it, and uh, she said, quote, He's a very busy guy. If we could do it tomorrow, I'd love to. So it sounds like he's too busy making Atlanta and his new uh, show with Malia Obama as a writer. Um, so, you know what? That's fine. You know, I, I'm fine with him not being Lando so that he can make Atlanta season four. Yeah, please let that man just flourish. Right <laughs> he's, he's in a creative, like, he's in a very good space right now. Yes, we will talk about that later. But yeah, let's just say I'm not disappointed. Um, and we got enough stuff from this that I'm definitely like, it's going to, I'm going to be tidied over. I'm not going to be itching for more Donald Glover Lando content, even though he was really good in solo, but he was barely in it. They should have, they should have just made it a Lando movie, frankly. Um, but I guess that's what they're doing with this spinoff show. Um, let's see. Oh, we got a trailer for the Cassian Andor show, the rogue one spinoff that I talked about last week. Um, okay. Call me, uh, a, a hypocrite but the trailer actually looks kind of good um yeah. i know i know we got some details it's gonna be like a spy thriller um which that kind of sounds fun um and it sounds like that like he's gonna be like growing over the course of like three or four seasons and like becoming the the like good quote unquote good guy that we see in rogue one, even though in the beginning of rogue one, he kills his best friend just to escape. Um, so I don't know. He's going to be a real bad guy now. Uh, and then we got some images of the Imperial Senate, which, um, I guess people were really excited that we got to see the Imperial Senate. Um, but I was not, I, I was, fuming with excitement i was i was not i as someone uh who uh doesn't hate the prequels as much as everyone else uh the politics are definitely the worst part of those movies uh, because george lucas does not know how to write political commentary you don't like intergalactic politics I, I like it if Ooh, it's done crazy. right <laughs> there's there's ways to do it right i think lilo dune and did it stitch, absolutely right oh yeah. well dune yeah i was making a joke that lilo and stitch had it perfect with the big council <laughs> and the big yeah <laughs> the big guy who tries to capture stitch yeah but dune that's a way better example yeah that that <laughs> was like perfect political 
uh, intergalactic political conflict and such, um, which, you know, I, I'm, I'm very glad that that's in development right now, the squeak wool, because I am so excited. I, I thought about buying the, the ultra HD thing because it was on sale for $15, but I decided not to because it's on HBO Max and that would be a waste of money. Um, you get Morbius instead. I should get Morbius as a goof. I've never seen. Just watch Morbius on Twitch. I've seen. <laughs> I've seen like seventy five percent of Morbius. At this point. <laughs> oh, wow. Do streams keep popping up? Twitch. Streams keep popping up. Yeah, I think the first channel was Morbius twenty four seven. That one got deleted, but others Morbius twenty four eight. Oh, so interesting. Dang, they added a date to the week. I, I think it was supposed <laughs> to be like twenty four seven, but like. Now that yeah. now that twenty four seven's gone, they just keep adding. I I saw that the first stream, uh, it got kicked as soon as the credits started. So at least yeah. they had the good mind to let the movie finish before turning it on. <laughs> that was like the fourth <laughs> time it finished too. <laughs> it was fun. Like I saw people were like, "That means that the Twitch mods were actually watching that stream yeah. and just waiting." Yeah. Which yeah, they got to do it. And who cares I mean, about? If I was Twitch staff. I'd be like, "Yeah, let me watch this movie first. It's Morbin time, and then it's, it's time, to, time to block everybody. That's okay. Um, so yeah, I'll watch Morbius eventually, um, and I'll also watch the Cassian Andor show because um, it's coming out on August thirty first, and I'm not going to be doing anything else. Um. I think the last bit of news we have is actually the thing that I'm most excited for. And it just got announced a couple hours ago as of us recording this. Um, it's Dave Filoni's new show, which our buddy Grant hates Dave Filoni. I really oh, like Dave Filoni. Grant, Dave Filoni. Uh, I think he's a cool guy. He has a big cowboy hat. Um, that's about his, that's it. That's what I like he about him. He has a cowboy hat. He has a big cowboy hat, and he he worked on the Clone Wars with George Lucas, so I feel like he's, like, the only person working in Star Wars right now who, like, kind of knows what George Lucas would have wanted. And granted, Dave Filoni does love Mandalorians too much. That is something that Grant hates about Dave Filoni is that he somehow manages to sneak Mandalorians into every single show he does. Um, until he just made a whole show called The Mandalorian so that he could just, you know, really just geek out to his heart's content. Um, but this new show that he's making has nothing to do with Mandalorians until it does, uh, ultimately, in the end. There's going to be an episode that has Mandalorians in it. You can mark my words. Um, even though it, on paper it has nothing to do with Mandalorians. Um, it's called Tales from the Jedi. It's coming out fall of this year. Um, it's done in the Clone Wars and Bad Batch style, which I, please, please announce when Bad Batch 2 is coming out. I really loved Bad Batch Season 1, um, but we have not heard anything yet. Um, but we got this new show. It seems to be kind of like, well, I mean, it's another Clone Wars spinoff, which frankly I could have just infinite of those. Clone Wars is definitely, it might be my favorite, like, Star Wars thing, um, it's probably the best Star Wars media out there, uh, especially towards the end. I think it gets a little bit of a bad rap because people try watching like the first season and they didn't really know what to do. George Lucas had never done a TV show before. Um, 
let alone a Star Wars prequel thing. Like, everybody hated the prequels, and he's like, I'm going to double down. I'm going to keep doing it for six years. Uh, but, like, once you get, like, past the first couple seasons, like, three through seven are fantastic. Um, but we're getting a spinoff show. It seems to be, like, an anthology, which Clone Wars is a, an anthology series, too. Um, and each episode or arc is going to be following a different Jedi in the prequel era. Um, and we have three of them confirmed so far. Ahsoka. That's another thing that Dave Filoni loves. Dave Filoni loves Ahsoka. Mainly because it's the only thing that he's made. Um, so he's he, he shoves her in every single show that he makes also. Cause, Understandable. Yeah. Because they really they shoehorned in Ahsoka into Rebels. And then they shoehorned her into the Mandalorian season two. And then they put her in an episode of the book of Boba Fett. Um, because I don't think they cared about that show at all. Um, and now they're getting, she's getting her own show. Um, but we're going to get like a whole arc about her by the look of it. Like when she was a baby, before she joins the Jedi Order, and there's going to be, like, two other episodes that take place in different parts of her life. Um, so I'm I'm interested in that. I do like Ahsoka. Um, we got... So here's here's the, the thing. Uh, we got one that's going to be about Qui-Gon, and Liam Neeson is coming back to play, to voice Qui-Gon. And Liam Neeson has been very... Um, adamant that he is not going to do any that he was not going to be in Kenobi because he does not like being in TV shows. He's like I only want to do movies. I'm an old school guy. And then here he is in this show. So either he's a liar and he's in Kenobi this whole time or uh he's a liar and a hypocrite that he Everybody's just, got a price, brother. I I don't know. I don't know. Also, what is Liam Neeson doing right now? He was in one episode of Atlanta. As himself. As himself. Well, racist himself. I don't think Liam Neeson is um, racist. I don't know. Yeah, no, that was... I don't know, but I don't think so. But I guess anybody raised in Northern Ireland, you know. I'm not saying... Ireland's kind of sick. Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland is lame because it's part of the UK. Oh, is that different? Oh, Yeah. I like regular Ireland. I regular Ireland's pretty sick. Yeah. I like I like that. Northern Ireland's like we're British too and I'm like why would you want to you, be British? Why would you want to be that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's something to do with Protestantism. I mean That's yeah. even worse. Yeah. Yuck. Yuck. Um so back on track a little bit. Uh, Liam Neeson is doing a Qui-Gon episode. Last one I'm actually very interested in is that they're doing one on Dooku before he was the bad guy. Um, I don't think we... Love I love him too. I hope they bring back Christopher Lee. We just... He just had his 100th birthday. (laughs) I don't know if he's coming back. They need to uh, exercise him and like... Yeah. (laughs) Every time he like coughs in the studio (laughs) to be like, oh wow, he said it. Oh, we can auto tune that and make him sound like the. We can do the audio deep fake, and then yeah, just there you go. Uh, we can have him do that. Except they're probably just gonna get the guy who voiced him in the Clone Wars. Me, I, I probably. 
Um, but yeah, there's that one. I'm I'm that one's the one I'm most interested in because the screenshot that they or the concept art that they showed it was him and uh, a young Mace Windu, and I Mace Windu's awesome. You know, Samuel L. Jackson's the coolest guy in the whole world, other than maybe D'Angelo. I'd say those two yeah. are, are pretty close. Um, but yeah, there we go. That's it for for the TV news. Uh, that that's actually it for a Star Wars celebration. I forgot to mention that Ron Howard's Willow. Um, have, are you guys familiar with Willow? Nope. Willow Smith, yes. Okay, so not the film. I don't know why you would be, frankly. I I only mm. know about Willow because um. Our good friend of the podcast, whatever happened to the pizza at McDonald's, he loves Willow. Oh. Yes. And he even asked Ron Howard at one point if he would be willing to read his screenplay for Willow 2, and Ron Howard said no. It was it was probably Ew. the worst moment of my whole entire life listening to that yeah. podcast. But it turns out they're making a Willow spinoff show for Disney+. Plus. No and way. I, my guess is that they didn't even look at whatever happened to the pizza at McDonald's script. That or they stole it and they're not compensating the podcast for it. This is horrible. It's it's probably the worst highway robbery I've ever seen on a major television network. And I'm I'm appalled, and I'm stunned. Thoughts and prayers go to um, whatever happened to the pizza at McDonald's this week. Pour one out for him. Yeah. That was also order a pizza for him. <laughs> order a pizza from McDonald's for him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I also don't know why that was shown at Star Wars Celebration, <laughs> except that Warwick Davis is in Willow, and Warwick Davis is in, I think, every single Star Wars movie as someone else, um, because... Uh, I don't know, little people are science fiction. That's why Peter Dinklage was in Infinity War as a big guy. That was the joke. Anyways, um, so I guess from here on out, uh, if there's anything else that happens at Star Wars Celebration that is noteworthy, then I guess I'll bring it up next week, even though it will be old news by then. Um, but my guess is that everything has already been said. Like, the big announcements are here. Unless they say when Bad Batch Season 2 is coming out, which I think, if I were to put on my prediction hat, which my prediction hat is not as good as Babby's, but I would say it's probably going to be in October. Even though, even though Tales of the Jedi is coming out fall of this year. Never mind. Bad Batch Season 2 is coming out in April of 2023. Even though it was supposed to come out spring of this year. You know what? I don't know. I My prediction hat never works. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it in the trash. Um, but we have to talk about shows. Um, I could talk about Kenobi right now, but frankly, we've talked about Star Wars for Ninja. so long. Let's break it out. Or break it up a little yeah. bit. First thing we finished this week was... Atlanta season three, the newest uh, Donald Glover production. Uh, we officially finished it. Uh, about half of the episodes don't have Donald Glover in it. Well, 
technically Donald Glover is in the first episode, but not very much. Um, cameo. Yeah, it's a little cameo. Um, but what did you think of Atlanta season three? No spoy boys yet. No spoy boys yet. Uh, best season of Atlanta. Okay. By a large margin, I would say. I would say it's probably tied with season two for me because there's a lot of things in season two that I really like. Like the Teddy Perkins episode's a classic. Yeah, season two is also very good, yeah. but this one's kind of next level television. Yes. I think it's uh, it's probably the best of the two, but I, I think I like season two as much as I like season three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, definitely a lot less grounded but yeah, we're I full on going surrealism now. He's become comfortable in surrealism, which is very good because he's doing it very well. And that's my favorite thing. I know. You're a big surrealist guy. He's killing it. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think writing was fantastic. Of course, the acting's great. The characters in the show are fantastic. Yes. I love Darius so much. Darius is so fun. I I'd, missed him so much. I don't like that they kind of turned him into the conspiracy theory guy, because he wasn't really that. That's totally on brand, though. It's he's, on brand. He's more of a hippie than he is a, a conspiracy yeah, theorist. Yeah, that was, that was the thing. Um, but he's just dripped out all season. Like, oh, yeah. I want to be that man. <laughs> he's, whoever's doing the outfits on this show, they need a raise. Well, the Keith Stanfield is a very stylish man. I feel That's like true. He's just very like, stylish. Hey, can you just dress up like you normally would? And then you're like, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fits he was pulling off here were, were yeah, nuts. They were pretty epic. Um, but yeah, th- this was a really, really fantastic. I think every episode had a very um, well written and well put out uh, like uh, meaning or theme. Um, and they all kind of tie together to the main storyline of it. It's just in very abstract ways which is my favorite because instead of just like linear progression as it would normally be mm-hmm. i love the way that they're pushing it forward through like surrealist dreams and like alternate realities and crap yeah i don't really know what the narrative of the show is like exactly it's like i mean the narrative at its heart is just the journey of paperboy becoming a famous rapper yeah and then Everything else is a subplot, but also the main plot, because it's mostly more important than the paperboy thing. Yeah, yeah, so. I feel like that's always been the through line. Is that yeah, each season sees him at a different level of success. Mm-hmm. Um, like because at in season one he has like one hit song, and then like you know like people know the name, but it's like you know Roddy Rich. He has the one song. People aren't really listening to his new album. Um, but then, like, as season two happens, then he has, like, a hit album. Uh, and then he's getting ready to, like... He's, he's like, get, meeting with promoters and all these, like, studio heads and all that stuff. And then by the time we're in season three, he's doing... He's, like, just living in Europe. Which is Europe tour. He's in there for, like, a really long time. Because it's been... Yeah, it's a tour. It's been... Well, yeah. But it's two years since... Um, Atlanta season two ended when the European tour started. So he's been there at least like, I don't know, over two years in a European tour. Um, unless there's something I'm missing, which there's not like a two year time cut. Yeah. They mentioned that they mentioned, uh, 
It's in like one of the the earlier episodes where like Ern uh, and Van like are talking. They talk about that they've been out there for a really long time. I think. I don't think it's ever like established with like a title card, but I'm pretty sure there's a time skip. No, yeah, but like I don't think it's two years. That seems like a long time. Um, let me see. Um. Keep talking about the show while I look this up. Okay. Everything else I have to talk about is spoilers, so. Well, then we are entering the Spoy Boy Zone. Spoy Boy Zone. Don't listen to this if you're still watching Atlanta Season 3 or Season 2 or Season 1. Well, first of all, just watch the show. Yeah. Of uh, and then if, you, if you want to. It's very good. You should. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I feel like I like the episodes that didn't involve the main cast more Mm -hmm. usually not all of them but like a lot of the like the black mirror-esque ones or like the i think the opening episode is probably the best one still i'd say that's Um, true i think that's the best episode of atlanta but i mean it's very close with like a lot of the other ones from the season um i mean there we had like a lot of crazy ones the freaking the nanny episode the the finale was crazy. Um, yeah. It was yeah, funny. I don't know. There's too much to like unpacked with it, but like, he's so clever with his writing because everything is so like recent and on point with how things function. Yes. To the point where it's like, he's just like talking straight to the audience almost because everybody knows the references he's making because they're so like recent. Mm-hmm. Um, except Amelie. Not that less. Except Amelie. I don't know. Have you seen Amelie? No. Okay. The last episode is a parody of it. Um, okay. Yes. Like how Van is dressed, the baguette and the bat and the backpack. Oh yeah. yeah that yeah, whole yeah. thing is totally. I mean, I know they mentioned in the episode, so. Yeah, they do. So I, I, yeah. I was glad that they brought it up cause I'm like, okay, that was, yeah. it's, it's a good episode though. I like it. It's a very good episode. And the, I like how, uh, he does weird little things like, all the friends in that episode could literally be like Darius Paperboy and Ern. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like a gender bent like episode, but also not cause it's different people, but it's the same dynamic. <laughs> yes. And the main chick was in the episode in season two where they go to Drake's party. Mm-hmm. So like she was already an established character. Yep. It's just weird how they set it up where it's like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, she's, you don't in, know what's going on. She's in Paris, uh, like filling out this, uh, piss fetish. This guy yes. pays her to piss on her or on him. Excuse me? That's yeah, I, I don't know. Apparently it's a thing. It's, <laughs> I love this so much is that he just takes these little niche things as like storylines. It's so it's so awesome how it's like it's like he's writing this from like a really weird comedy standpoint, but everything still makes sense. Yeah. It was like when he brought up food fight in like the second yeah, exactly. episode. I'm like who knows like like i know about food fight because i'm into like really bad movies but like who else is gonna be watching this show and be like oh yeah food fight that indie movie that has charlie sheen in it (laughs) it's just constantly clever like always yes um and i there's there's like some weird threads going on so i i don't know like i feel like i have to watch this season multiple times to get it but there's like like the 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 ending of the the show, this season with like the uh, the t shirt or the, the like the bag or whatever, um, bag. 
I think it was a post credit scene where like he earned got a bag that wasn't his. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was the that was the guy in the Black Mirror episode. His name was Earn, like the same name. Um, oh really? I think that Black Mirror episode was like the reparations one. Yeah, because that's that's the same person. Oh, it's just uh, so that, there was like this weird crossover thing of like two worlds, um, and I, Earn's dream was like season. Ern's dream was the premiere with yeah. the kids. So there's a lot of like weird stuff going on. He's doing like some weird Jordan Peele stuff, but also telling like a grounded Atlanta show still. It's still like yeah. grounded in reality. Yes. Even the ones that are like, like, because there is that, that the reparation episode, which does yep. you reference it. It does feel like a, a black mirror. Um, it also kind of feels like the Jordan Peele twilight zone stuff which I don't mm-hmm. recommend anyone watch. Um, it's not good. Um, but it, it is that kind of like surrealism, uh, like alternate universe where it's like, this is conceivable, but like also it's, it's like, it's elevated off. to like this, the yeah. nth degree, which is great. Is, that I, is I mean, that that's so interesting. Yes. Yes. That's, that's one of the best parts of this show. I think mm-hmm. is, is his ability to, kind of point out things that maybe should be a thing and then show like completely like what would happen if (laughs) that thing is, I don't know, elevated so much more. Yeah. And it's great because like this messaging is so on point all the time, like exaggerating white guilt and crap and like showing how ridiculous it is through episodes and like all these weird little concepts that are being expanded upon into like full episode narratives are really great. I have not seen anybody else really do this. Um, no, I mean, we have the wire coming up later, but that's like a completely different stance on social issues and crap. That, one that's kind of dated. Well, um, yes, but, but we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll, look at we'll that. talk about that. Yeah. yeah. But like this show is just so on point to like current issues and current niche issues. It reminds me a lot of like Mr. Morale and the big steppers, how it's a very complicated, messy, like there's no firm answer, but it's to like open up a conversation and like yes. point out weird things that not a lot of people bring up in mainstream art or mm-hmm. media. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's really, really fantastic. Uh, this is like definitely like the most of a TV show this year where I was like, yeah, this is like really, really, really perfect. Yes. It's probably the best show to come out this year. I would say. Uh, maybe, maybe tied with Saul, because Saul has been Saul's really good. Banging as well. yeah. <laughs> Which I guess we can transition into Saul if you don't have anything else to say about Atlanta. Nope, I think that's all I have to say. Okay, so go ahead, watch Atlanta. Very good show on Hulu. Um, next season's coming out later this year, apparently. Um, so I guess we'll see if that turns out to be true. But let's talk about a show that we know is coming back in about a month. Uh, we we watched part one of Saul season six. Six? Yeah. I, I, it's not seven. There is it's no, six. It's six. Definitely no, it's not seven. No. Um, I don't remember. I think we talked about the first episode when it came out because um, we were very excited that Saul was starting again. Um, but now that we are here, we hit the mid-season finale. AMC likes to take little breaks uh, in seasons. 
um, which frankly I'm not a big fan of, because I want to see what happens next. But I guess they want you That's to the buy point. buy another AMC Plus subscription. Why don't you? Yeah, except everybody's canceling it for the month that it's not airing. <laughs> Come on, watch one of our other shows, like our one of our what three they... Walking Dead shows. Yeah, that none of them are doing well. No. Um, if they wanted to really be like stupid, uh, which would make them more money, they would well, put like to... one episode like between the month and a half, so you'd have to keep your subscription. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that well, that's what they're like doing it. with Slippin' Jimmy. They want Slippin' yeah. Jimmy to fill in. Except I don't know why they thought that was a good idea because nobody wanted that show. Nobody wants Slippin' Jimmy. Slippin Jimmy. Um, I don't remember if I put that in Who Asked for This, but I'm going to I'm retroactively sure put that yeah. in Who Asked for This. Uh, <laughs> I have seen clips of that show and it looks awful. Yeah, it does not look good. Um, it, dare I say, it looks worse than Big Mouth. And Big Mouth is one of the ugliest shows. That I, might... I think it looks better than Big Mouth, but I think it's worse because of the premise of the universe it's set in. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I'm just maybe a little bit uh, poisoned. Also, isn't this like a kid's show, kid's show? I don't. I think it's adult animated. Oh, that's that does not look like an adult animated show. Well, Big Mouth doesn't look like an adult animated show. <laughs> no, I think it does. I think it makes sense for it. It just looks ugly. Because adult animated is just ugly, like insane proportions yes uh, except for close enough that's just except good. for close enough um why can't i see slipping jimmy here we go um is it oh yeah it's on amc plus okay epic it's a mini series hopefully that means that it isn't coming back <laughs> i hope not um american yeah i mean it doesn't say whether it's for kids or not on the official breaking bag wiki but Interesting. we don't need I guess to talk we'll never about know because i'm not watching it no so. i'm not watching it uh let's talk about season six of saul so far i don't remember i don't well it's gonna be pretty hard to talk about this season without talking about spoilers yeah it's gonna be just spoilers right away um, so spoilers for saul spoilers for breaking bad I don't know if we're going to be talking about spoilers for slipping Jimmy spoilers for slipping Jimmy slipping Jimmy eventually becomes a lawyer in Albuquerque. Yep. Um, so Not spoilers. Albuquerque. I know he used to be a kid in Chicago and now he's a, a lawyer and he Albuquerque. will defecate through a sunroof in season three of slipping Jimmy. He will do that. That is something I know for sure. Um, okay. So now that we got the spoilers out of the way, um, Season six of Better I can't Call believe Saul. Jim died. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting that for the season finale, not the mid-series finale, frankly. Yeah, a little strange. Yeah. Um, um, it's very good. Yes, I liked this this season. I don't know how it compares to the other ones. It feels like it's just the I same. I don't remember them. It feels <laughs> like they're... The quality never dipped with this show. Yeah, well, it did in the beginning. I feel like that's Yeah, but it didn't dip. Part. It just stood there, and then it elevated, and then it's never come down from that point. No, it has not. Um, and I was, that was, like, the one thing I was worried about this season, where it's like, please don't. Please don't end bad. Which, so far, it has not. It's um, That's got to be impossible, because, like, this is the most interesting part, because you're seeing the Breaking Bad version form right yes. now. Yes. 
yeah yeah that is true we're starting to see like the the Saul Goodman headquarters yeah um, they are it is completely unrecognizable as it stands right now yeah um but it is interesting to start seeing him become more slimy and what's even more interesting is that Kim is the one that's pushing him to be even more Kim slimy. is Wendy Kim is Wendy but I I don't hate Kim I like Kim no Kim's pretty likable yeah because well she's doing this thing to screw over someone but also she like works pro bono and like helps people who generally like need law advice and legal help so it's like she's a good person she's it's just a little bit like ooh, what's going on like what what is this i know that like they both get off on like pulling these schemes and having it work out and like i think a lot of it too is her like incredibly straightforward life and then like we had this flashback with her mom where like her mom stole like a piece of jewelry or whatever mm-hmm. so she's always had this uniform like completely lawful like no excitement like life and now that she sees like you can get away with stuff like that she's like pushing it yes it's like an addiction to see how far you can go it's like the the, the cork that cork scene where it's been like referenced as like one of the you know one of the things that jimmy keeps forever it's that cork from the first time that they pull a scam. Um, and it's just like that moment was that that switch. That's the crawl space moment. Dun dun. Dun dun. That's when Kim became Heisenberg. Um, not <laughs> I don't like... think it's as simple as that, though. I think, <laughs> no. I think her character is incredibly well written. No, it, there hasn't been like... That's like the closest thing I can think of to a crawl space moment. Yeah. Where it flips. But... I feel like it's it's been so slow, uh, which I, I think is good. Like her progression from, you know, legal, uh, you know, lawyer working at HHM, this very prestigious law office to, you know, being a little a little scrappy, uh, working pro bono. Like le- she's like left all of the glitz and glamour that she could have had. Um, just to be with Jimmy. And I think it's, it's very well, like the arc is good. Um, it's very well written. Um, and now she's dead. So I guess it doesn't even matter. Should have, you know, should have stayed living longer. Yeah. Should have just left when he had the chance. Yeah. (laughs) Door was open. (laughs) That's true. Um, I guess, unfortunately, I will have to end a bit um, because we do need to talk about the ending. Um, yeah. The mid-season finale. Kim does not die. Mid-season, yeah. The mid-season finale. I'm not used to this. Um, I'm a veteran in this area. <laughs> you are a veteran. Um, but we got the mid-season finale. Um, we had been seeing Lalo, um, who at the end of season five uh, s- survived a, like, I don't know, it was like this huge mercenary group that was set to kill him. Um, he escapes and is, like, trying to live on the run. He goes to Germany, tries to find out what Gus is up to, uh, and then he comes back to Saul's house at the very end of the mid-season finale. He kills Howard! What? What? And they really make that feel bad because he's like, my wife left me. Uh, I just got like disgraced and everybody thinks I'm a coke addict and you just ruined my life. 
uh, I'm like a shell of a man. And then Lalo comes in, just <laughs> shoots him in the head. Uh, which, you know, maybe that's a good thing in the long run. Put him out of his misery. Um, I stand with Lalo. <laughs> I stand with Lalo. What? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I didn't like it when he uh, uh, tried to kill Mike and uh, Jimmy in the desert. Um, but, you know, I do stand by this moment. Because Howard is at the lowest of the low. He's been duped too many times. And frankly, he's too gullible for his own good. So <laughs> He just had to kill him. He had to go. And, yeah. you know, that's fine. I mean, he, he was, like, one of the only characters that didn't have to go. Like, Nacho no, had yeah. to go. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, there's not a world in Breaking Bad where, like, Nacho is just in the background. Yeah. Nacho was very integral to the plot. It's like, yes, he dies in the middle of this season. Okay, that makes sense. But Howard? Why? How? Howard? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, all bits aside, I'm very sad. Howard was one of my favorite characters. Um, I love his namaste license plate. It's really something that I want to emulate. <laughs> I really envied his lifestyle. I really did. Just being the most boring person. He was ever nice. Created. He was nice to people. He was nice to people. He was one of him. the yes. He was one of the only like genuinely like good people in the show. Um, even though he wasn't. You know, there are moments, I think he was just, he was always trying to look for people's best interests. And I think, you know, he did take the fall in the first season where like Jimmy hates him in the first season because he thinks that Howard is the one that's barring him from working at HHM. Turns out that's his brother Chuck the whole time. So like Howard is like, he, he can take the fall, but he's trying to help his friend. It's just like, I don't know. He, he seems like a nice guy. Um, he did not deserve to get got by Kim and Jimmy that hard. When when that that episode, I think that was the mid-season finale, was to watching the plan unfurl uh, at Howard's expense. I will say it was incredibly satisfying. Oh, it was. Um, I, I mean, that's like some of my favorite parts of the show is when Jimmy has this plan and you see it executed perfectly because mm -hmm. he's so good at scamming people. <laughs> uh, it's, it's definitely the best part, but it's like, Oh, Howard does not deserve this because they got him hard. That's like, Ooh, that was a long con. Um, but it's, uh, a, a mid season, a half a season long con. That's true. That is true. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very good. Um, no dips so far. I think that's coming back in July, like July 10th or something. Somewhere in there. Um, so I think we have another five or six episodes left. And then Better Call Saul's over. Vince Gilligan is unemployed. I don't know. That's crazy. He's been too busy writing Slippin' Jimmy. I think that's it. <laughs> um, if Vince wrote Slippin' Jimmy, then it'd be a masterpiece. <laughs> I don't think he did. No. I would be shocked. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm very interested in what Vince Gilligan is going to do next. Um, but we don't know anything. He's still finishing this show. I guess Peter Gould also, because he's been. He's yeah, been people. There. Nobody gives him credit, but he's been doing a they very don't. good job. 
that's just because he hopped on during Saul. Because Vince made Breaking Bad, and then Vince and Peter did mm-hmm. Better Call Saul. And I've heard well, that Peter's done a very good job. Yes, I've heard that that Vince has been having less influence over the show as the show has been going. Um, so like by now it's pretty much just the Peter Gould show, I guess similar to Twin Peaks, that it became the Mark Frost show. Except this one didn't suck. Except this one, the last season is not bad. Yeah. So far, they could really mess it up. We have not <laughs> seen. Walter and Jesse yet, and, and they have been. Uh, Vince is just gonna pull a David Lynch like last last two episodes of Swim Peaks, where he has to come in and clean everything up. Yeah, he's gonna come in and be like Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, we need to find a lawyer. I don't. So here's the thing: I'm a little bit concerned about that because Better Call Saul takes place four years before the events of Breaking Bad. Yeah. How the frick are they going to have Walter and Jesse in the show if Walter's going to be a chemistry teacher and Jesse is going to be in high school? <laughs> you can't get Aaron Paul to play a high school kid. You know what Aaron Paul looks like now? <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to be like like everybody's expecting where they just walk in like in 2004. No. I think it's just going to be a, a flash forward a little bit. I yeah, it's probably going to be like an El Camino thing where it just like cuts yeah. to oh, remember Walter? Remember <laughs> remember the show that Walter. we spent uh five seasons just building his character arc? Do you remember that guy? Let's have him in the no. show for one scene. And he looks weird and different and old cuz Brian Cranston <laughs> is an old man. Well, he's not an old man, but he's definitely older than he was in 2008. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that is Saul. We have one more thing to talk about. Uh, well, uh, two technically. I'm going to talk about the first two episodes of Kenobi, but I don't have a whole lot to say. Um, but last thing that Warner's discussion is The Wire season three. We just finished it. Um, right before recording this episode. Um, I gotta say, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I don't know if it beats season two for me, but also we split it up, so. We split it up hard. I, don't, I barely remember what happened at the beginning of this freaking series season. I think this one is the one where they tried to have the most commentary. Um, I don't think there was as much political commentary in the first and the second one. Uh, no. And maybe that's because they gave one of the main character slots to... Uh, Thomas Car- Carcetti, Carcetti, the the councilman. It's definitely Carcetti. Carcetti, uh, aka Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. That's the only thing I've seen him in. It's weird hearing him without a British accent, uh, but he's really doing his hard, his his best to uh, put on that that uh, Baltimore accent. Um, he's doing pretty good, um, but yeah. Because we're getting that angle, we're getting a lot of politics, a lot of like city council stuff, stuff with the mayor, stuff with the police commissioner and the deputy commissioner, stuff with majors, and it's like uh, so much, so much politics. Um, but I think, I think, uh, in terms of shows that have come out in two thousand four. I think the political commentary aged pretty good. 
Yeah, pretty decent. See, here's the thing that I think is is pretty. It's impressive that they had this in 2004, because I I don't know what uh what political uh what what it was like in 2004 in the political landscape, um but it's kind of weird viewing it now because one of the main events that happens in The Wire season three is that um, certain areas of the city are sectioned off in West Baltimore, um, that not, not that drugs are legal, but that police aren't going to be arresting people for selling drugs in these areas. Um, basically, that there are these like basically like abandoned like apartment buildings. So the major of this district wants to open up these areas to take the crime off of the like populated areas and then put the drug dealing and all that into districts that there's no, there's not going to be civilian casualties. That's the idea. Um, and we see over the course of the season that, um, it ultimately does more good than it does bad. Police are there. They, they monitor, make sure that there's no violence. Um, but aside that they do not arrest any, uh, drug charges. Um, and like they they make a statement that like they do free HIV testing. They like pass out condoms. They do, um, like, uh, addicts, like, uh, recovery, I guess, um, addiction recovery services. And like, there's like a very serious debate at the end of this show before it gets out in the press. Cause as soon as it gets out in the press, then they have to pull the plug on it. But there's this like debate once like the mayor finds out and the police commissioner find out where it's like, there's this huge council and they're like talking. It's like, well, you know, maybe this is a good thing. Like we're seeing like crime, down by 16 percent uh like all of these services are really helping the kids the kids are getting out doing these recreational things instead of being hoppers for drug gangs and it's like well and then like as soon as the press is like ah this is scary there is drug dealings and it is legal then they're like okay we have to get rid of everything but i thought that that was pretty like i thought that was very well done because like that is a thing that we are dealing with now in terms of like maybe we shouldn't be that's locking everybody always up. existed but like i think i think it's an interesting way to display it yes um and it's obviously extremely faulted but well, like yes. that's that's the it's, it's 2004 <laughs> well yeah well it doesn't matter what year it is yeah uh legislation has stayed the same uh since you know decades at this yes. point yeah. um but I, th I think that was an interesting angle to take it. And uh, I, I like the uh, the portrayal of, like, I don't even know if the what the officer's intention was with this whole thing, if it was just stat statistics or if it was a genuine. I felt like it was a, a accidental, like, good thing. Yes. Because um, there was these multiple meetings where, like, crime was up and up and up and just people kept getting chewed out mm -hmm. for, like, not getting better uh like results in their their districts so this plan that came out and then it was like it was like unintentionally good yes um but like that's 
that's a that's a cool statement to have for it. Um, and then just having like the upper management of police immediately shut it down because it's like, you know, that 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 we can't help people. Are you kidding me? That's yeah. crazy. We can't have um, legal drugs. And, yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, but I I don't know. I th- I think it was a very interesting concept, and I think they did it pretty well. I think so too. Um, I think it was a cool perspective for a lot of the season. I think that kept everybody engaged. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I like the new characters in this season. I think yes. they, they did very well. Yes. I'm a big fan of uh, Dennis or Cuddy. Yes. I think that's his street name. Yeah. Um, who's running a gym. I thought that was, that was probably my favorite arc of the yeah. whole. Of he's the one of my favorite actors. He's, he's amazing. I have not seen him in anything else. I'm like shocked. I'm like, he should be in he's films. Fantastic. He should be in a, uh, a Spike Lee joint. I could I could see him in Black Klansman too. I think that'd be pretty fun. I suppose. Um, he always plays this like rugged but like very lovable like character. He's well he does it very well. Yes. Yeah. Um that's probably I think that goes into like the whole thing that the show wanted to do this season where it's like showing you know just because someone has done drugs or has killed people for like you know years ago doesn't mean that they can't reform and become better people by the end of the show. And that's an extremely basic like thing, but like, yes, but I mean, I think they did it well, but I think showing like, um, so back in the day, like when gangs first started before the whole war on drugs, like gangs were a big supplier to communities for resources. Um, and keeping kids, uh, you know, in recreational activities and food drives and all this crap. So it's cool seeing the show like repurpose that. Cause like, you know, the gang gave him money to open up a gym and all this kind of stuff. Cause that's how that used to work back in the day. Yeah. Um, and when there's aggravated a police presence, like everywhere, um, crime goes up, people don't trust the police, things get more violent. Um, I think there was even a council meeting where someone stood up and was like, I have, for the first time in, like, decades, a police officer just sat down and talked to me. Yeah. Um, and exchanged information, which is an extremely important concept. Um, yes. To not make the police seem like this uh, this presence that's only there to cause things, because that's what the police do yes. 90% of the time in these communities. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in these, like, low-income spots. Yeah. That we're Especially in Baltimore. Baltimore is, like, oh, insane. yeah. 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 I think that... You know, I never see shows in Baltimore. This is the only one I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really interesting. Like, it's 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 an interesting setting. Because, like, any show could be set in L.A. or New York or whatever. This one is very intentional. And it's uniquely Baltimore. And I, I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was weirdly, like, ahead of its time. Like... Especially, what, we got, like, the war on drugs, and then Clinton extended it, and then, it's weird, I don't remember what Bush's practice on it was, um, so, yeah, I don't know, I don't remember, like, it's, it's a little bit tough to view this show now, because it's, oh, well, it's nearly 20 years old. Um, the first season came out in 2002. This season came out in 2004. Um, where it's like, okay, what was everything like? Because like now it's so 
well, it's uh, not different. It's not totally <laughs> different, but I think no. I think people's views on on drugs and gangs is different than it was twenty years ago. And Some people's are, but legislation wise, this show no. is. I would say like 95% accurate yes. to current day. Yes. When it comes to like the police stuff. Um, and our police is actually more militarized now than it was in 2004. Yes. Yes. That is, that is important to note. Despite them showing vans and like um, tons of freaking firepower in this season. That was one of the hardest things. The end yeah. of this, uh, the end of this uh, season yep. where, where the deputy says like, Oh, what is it? He says over the top and then he plays Ride of the Valkyries mm-hmm. and then they just, you know, beat up and like arrest all these. Kids. Yeah. And I think that's another really good point of this season was like the cop that got fired and took all of it for it, like by doing good. Like that's how it works. Yeah. The, the police in general is mainly like a gang where it's like if you're actually doing stuff to support, it, but it doesn't support the bottom line of status quo or whatever, it's like you're out. And then yeah. all of a sudden, these these big guys are like, "Yep, yeah, let's just go in," you know. Yeah, it, it was it was yeah, it was messed up. Um, yeah, so I'm interested to see where we're gonna be going from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think we might watch season four and then switch over to Barry before season five. Uh, I think the last episode of Barry comes out on June twelfth, which is in a couple weeks. Um. So that'll give us time to finish the the season four of The Wire, and then we can get started on Barry before the last episode comes out. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was The Wire. It's been getting yeah. good. Like I, 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 I don't know. It. I feel like I put this as my favorite season, probably. I think just because, like, I still don't yeah. care about the interpersonal relationships of the police officers. Yeah. I can't tell if that's personal bias or like if I just don't care. I th- I think hmm. there's some police officers that I think are interesting. Like I like Lester. I like Lester, but like we also he also doesn't have like a side arc. No. But like I also really enjoy his character. He's and then it's like McNulty and crap, and it's like I don't care about your love life or anything. <laughs> I want to see like I want to have McNulty have like this great arc where like he's like. You know, by the end of it, like he's like a completely different person, and maybe this is expecting too much, um, because I think Breaking Bad has kind of ruined everything. Where it's like now you have to have like character development, when before then it was oh, like we gotta like turn off our brains for a minute. I just worked fifteen hours at at the, my store, and I don't want to watch a guy make meth for five hours and cry. <laughs> um, but. So, like, yeah, I want him to have an arc, and it seems like maybe, like, he's starting to at the very end here. Yeah, it seems like they're going to put him in a different direction going forward. Yes, because so. he has routinely been not, he's not, like, the worst cop, because there are, like, the cops that worked in the Western District that, like, I think yeah. Hawk. the entire Western District is just... Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing is that Carter was shown to have more of an arc than McNulty did where uh, Carter was willing to kind of like he moved a body out of the free zone so that uh, that reporters and ambulances wouldn't come and see what they were doing. Um, He was like helping uh, Dennis, like get kids to go to his gym. 
and like now at the end like carter and dennis seem to be like i don't know they're like maybe working together which i think is that's a good arc because like at the beginning he was just shown to do all like i don't know probably the worst perpetrator of police brutality that we've seen in the show so far Uh, they definitely elevated that this season like it was shown before but now it was like all right let's let's up the violence to uh, a little bit more to be a little Mm -hmm. bit more accurate Um, yeah that was the crazy part because like the police's (laughs) mind didn't change at all it's like literally the community like built its own way through like that safe zone throughout the episodes yeah the police were just there watching and like so they they were disgusted it's really well done yes yeah they were so like how could yeah it was so strange it was like really really well done yeah it was like man yeah i i thought that you know i i think that man i really love season two though i i love the this is (laughs) the doc arc was really fun the doc arc's fun there was a whole lot of like colorful characters that i really like that's true the characters in season two were great they were fun um and i think that's something that like I'll be probably getting when we watch the Sopranos. Cause I love that. Like that, like mafia, the mob, um, European mafia, European mafia. I love that stuff. Um, except when it's done by Martin Scorsese, I, I just feel like I got to throw that in just to piss them off every time. Um, I've only liked it in the Godfather, but that, that movie is so good. And season two was reminding me of the Godfather a little bit. Um, which is not a bad thing. But yeah, I think this one's probably the best. Um, so I guess we'll see where it goes from here. Everything's kind of up in the air. I'm sure we'll be jumping ahead another year. We'll see probably <laughs> what, what happens. Um, but I'm excited. So we'll get, we'll get started on that. Let you guys know how that goes. Um, I think we're probably, well, we have, we have a new episode or a new season of close enough to watch. And I think, Maybe we go back to regular show before we go back into anything new, too heavy. Yeah, I'd be down with it. Because uh, we've been on a roll. Atlanta and yes, Saul yeah. and The Wire, everything. It's, Atlanta it's, makes me laugh so much, though. That's just so fun. <laughs> it's but still also, fun. Like, but at the are, same time, it's like, yeah. There's heavy episodes. It is a critical thinking yet funny show. Yes. Yes, there, there's funny moments, but I think there's a lot to take away from that one. Yeah. I need to watch a bird and a raccoon have some fun. So, yeah. And we also, we One left, quirky <laughs> we left it halfway through an arc. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> so. I think we're halfway through a Halloween special episode right now. <laughs> yeah. We watched two of like three or four. Yeah. Um, and then it was like, there was like a cliffhanger at the end. I'm like, oh, that's a bad place to leave it. Yeah. But whatever. Um, so I guess we'll finish that later this summer. Um, but that's that's it for show discussion. I'm going to briefly talk about Kenobi just because everybody's talking about it. Um, we have the first two episodes out right now. The first episode is about an hour long. Second episode, it's a, about half half an hour. Um, what, do I, uh, what do I think of the show? Um, I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's the best thing ever. I don't think it's better than The Mandalorian so far. Um, I think it's interesting um, seeing Ewan McGregor back in the role. Big fan of Ewan McGregor. Um, he was the best part of Fargo Season 3. 
even though that season wasn't very good. Um, I think um, it, it's an interesting spot that Kenobi's in. Kenobi is probably my favorite character in Star Wars, um, followed very closely by Han Solo. Um, and it's, it, it's an interesting time. It's 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. At this point, Obi-Wan doesn't know that Anakin survived. He thinks that he kills him on on that last battle at the end of episode three. Um, and he's basically like a shell of a man. He like works uh, at this like meat processing place. And then he goes home and hides in a cave and just watches Luke all day. Make sure he doesn't die. Um, and like there's point like there's a point in the first episode where another runaway Jedi comes to him and is like, hey, I need help. Like I am being pursued by the Empire and they are going to kill me. And Kenobi's like, I don't know. I, I can't do anything like I'm not a Jedi. I don't know what you're talking about. And uh, I think that guy's in succession. The, the guy who's uh, the runaway Jedi. So that's kind of funny. Um, I forgot who he plays, um, but it's not Greg. one of the, it's not one of the main characters. I would have known if it was Greg. I uh, love Greg. If it was Greg, I would have been like, "Yo, um, let me see." His name is Benny Safdie. Uh, he was in Uncut Gems. Uh, oh no, you know what? He was in Licorice Pizza. That's what I recognize him from. Uh, he's also in Christopher Nolan's new movie Oppenheimer, so that's exciting. Um, but. Uh, so, like, Kenobi says, no, I'm not going to help you. And then the next day, Kenobi walks into town, and the Inquisitors have him, like, strung up, uh, <laughs> like, on a wall. It's pretty it's pretty intense. Um, and so, the main MacGuffin of the show, the thing that gets Kenobi off Tatooine, um, which I almost didn't want it to be a thing. I, I would have liked a show where it's just nothing, and then there's just, like... I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But uh, the main MacGuffin, and I think this is a little bit controversial. I know some people like it. Some people like have turned off the show because of the main MacGuffin. Um, there is a 10-year-old Leia. And uh, you get to see Alderaan. Um, and I know no, no deep fakes, no nothing. They actually cast a little girl to be Leia. Um, and I think... I think it's a pretty good cast. Um, she she t acts like Carrie Fisher for sure. Definitely, she she's written like a young Leia, so it's 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 good writing. Um, but the main MacGuffin is that Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, kidnaps her and takes her to a like a underworld planet. Um, I guess they got Thundercat in the Boba Fett show, so then they had to get Flea. Um, which that is, is a little strange. Is Flea an actor? Like, I've never seen him in anything. I think so, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> it was so weird. He comes out of nowhere. Um, he's, like, only shown, like, by the back of his head for, like, half of the episode. And then as soon as he captures Leia, I'm like, wait, is that Flea? And then it is. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to miss. Yeah. But, okay. Man, he's in a lot of stuff. He's in Baby oh, Driver. Interesting. The Big Lebowski. Back to the Future 3, Inside Out. <laughs> oh. Okay, I, wow. Okay. He was in Queen and Slim, too. Crazy. All right, all right, Flea. You got my respect. 
now that he's back. You had my respect, but now you gained it more. Yeah, you gained it more. I, I liked him because he kidnapped young Leia. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he takes her to this, like, underworld planet, and then her dad, Bail Organa, is like, yo, Obi-Wan, you need to save her. Uh, you're my only hope. Like, he says that, and I'm like, okay, we get it. We get it, guys. That's what Leia says in episode get four. Because it, it said the thing. Remember? <laughs> Do you remember the movie from nineteen seventy-seven? There was this movie in nineteen seventy-seven called Star Wars, and Leia says, "Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope." And then her dad says it in this show. It's crazy. That's crazy. Really? Yeah, it's true. Wow. Um. So he he yeah. So he goes to this planet. He brings his lightsaber. Uh, he buried it in the sand with Anakin's lightsaber. And he gets on a ship, goes to this planet, saves Leia, gets Flea really high. That's his That's his plan. He buys some spice from this, uh, this kid. And then he throws it on the ground like Heisenberg throws that uh, explosion of meth in Tuco's face. Uh, he like throws it at Flea and then gets him really high on drugs. And then he steals Leia. Um, and then I think the main thing that happens at the end of episode two, I should be spoiler warning. That was, I'm usually so good at spoiler warning. Oops. If you, you haven't never seen miss a spoiler warning. I, I usually don't. I've been so good recently. Um, sorry. Spoilers for Kenobi. <laughs> the end of Kenobi episode two. Sorry. Um, the end of Kenobi episode two, he uses the force, um, and a bunch of inquisitors are on him. Uh, and then one of the main inquisitors that seems to have beef with Kenobi says that, Oh, uh, Lord Vader is going to be very happy that I bring you in. And then Obi-Wan's like, what? He is alive. Uh, that was the big thing is that, yeah, he found out. And then she names, she said, Anakin Skywalker lived and like. I don't know. This has been a big point of contention. Um, it's like nobody knows that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader, except for the Emperor and Obi-Wan and Yoda, I suppose. And suddenly now this Inquisitor knows Lord Vader's real name. It's interesting. Um, I don't know how they're going f- <laughs> to... I'm sure they're going to explain it somehow. Um, but right now it's like how did how did you know that i don't know um but you know he he escapes in the nick of time on the ship and leia's like huh wow you are a jedi you're so cool i'm gonna remember you and call on you for aid in nine years because that's how long it is until episode four but you know i think the show is pretty good so far you know um, I, I know some Star Wars fans were worried because they're racist that the Black Inquisitor was going to be the main character of the show and they were going to do a bait and switch. Dang, SJWs <laughs> putting people in my Star Wars show. I love the purple and blue aliens, but I can't have too many black people in my show, right? Yeah, that's the thing is that you put you put people of color and makeup and Star Wars fans absolutely love it, but as soon as you have just an actual like person of color they're like what why are you shoving this down my throat (laughs) unless it's samuel l jackson everybody loves mace windu but like i'm trying to think no people like finn they they hated rose tico though 
That was oh, the yeah. thing. They and that was they really like they sent a bunch of death threats to I think yeah. her name is Deb no, her name's not Deborah Chow. Who's the chick who plays Rhodes Tico? Uh Kelly Marie Tran. That's it. Yes, yeah. that's the one. Yes. People really, really, you know, hated her. And I'm like, why'd you hate her? Like <laughs> she didn't Woman. write it. <laughs> blame Ryan Johnson for The Last Jedi. Or better yet, blame Kathleen Kennedy for The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson is a great writer director. Uh I know that because I've seen Knives Out. Um, but I think the show is pretty, pretty good. We'll see where it goes from here. Um, I hope Walter and Jesse are in it. I know they haven't said that they're going to cool. be in it. I would just, it just come in and like a, an X wing. <laughs> yeah. They usually, um, well, I guess in the Mandalorian and stuff, they usually have the writer director fly in on X wings and be like, um, like people who work for the new Republic. It's like Dave Filoni's flown in and been like, Hey, you need to stop being a bounty hunter, the Mandalorian mm-hmm. season two coming out in 2021. Episode 17. <laughs> Episode 17. Here's the concept art. And he sticks it onto the window. Nice. Uh, that's how they, that's how they end every single episode of these shows. That's pretty concept cool. Art. Except Kenobi. They have not done concept art endings, which I am disappointed because I like the concept art endings. Um, but yeah, I'll keep watching. Next episode's going to be on Wednesday. I probably won't do a weekly thing. I'll probably just wrap it up at the end unless something super crazy happens. Like Hayden Christensen shows up. What? what? That's what? crazy, dude. I guess technically he did show up, but he was in like full Vader makeup in a big old. That doesn't count. It doesn't count. He was just floating in like a big tank and he was all burned up. I couldn't even tell it was him, but I assumed it was Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Only Hayden Christensen would be like, can I be Vader so that I can float in a tub? <laughs> I'm too busy playing money. Italian people in Little Italy. Mm-hmm. How are you going to go from Little Italy to one of the most hyped Disney Plus shows ever. It's a shame. That's called range, sweaty. It's range. <laughs> yeah, you should try, like, watch Little Italy and then really pay attention to his accent and call that yeah, range. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> it's very that. He slips in <laughs> and out of it all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's it. That's it for Star Wars news. Um... That's crazy. Don't worry. I'll be talking about Kenobi again in months. I don't know when it's supposed to end. I think it's a limited series and there's like eight or nine episodes. So probably sometime in July, I will be talking about Kenobi again and what I thought about it when it was done. So, but that's enough out of my yapping mouth. Let's throw it over to the musical man himself, James W. Babby don't make music i think some people make uh, get that confused one person in the comment section <laughs> specifically you know who you are if they're not watching this i don't know why i'm no, saying that not. um stranger things did come out by the way so oh, I, i'm like right. two episodes into that i have so. not seen any yet yeah uh i'm actually enjoying it so okay is it uh, weird it's, that it's, they're all 30 now it's not too weird okay. I, I feel like it's fine they're they're in a high school setting so i feel like in high school like people either look 13 or 30 that's true. Um, I don't like Will's bowl cut. 
Yeah, Will needs to get that cut fixed. He's, he's still got the same cut. <laughs> and it does not look like, good. Like, his face is, like, aging. Like, you can tell he's, he's getting a little bit more, like, the facial facial features have become more, more prominent. But, yeah. like, the bowl cut has stayed the same. He looks so. like Ian Hecox from Smash. Yeah, he's, he's got to switch it up a little bit. He's, yeah. he's going Michael Sarah territory real Ooh, quick here. that's true. Um, that's true. But I, I think the show starts pretty strong. Okay. Um, I, there, it's a lot more of a horror season. A okay. lot more scary. Like the first, uh, the violence and gore is turned up a lot. Oh, okay. Um, I'm the episodes are also very long. Oh, okay. Like oh, yeah, hour I did, fifteen I did each. See that. Yeah. yeah, they're very long. Um, but I, I, I feel like season three was a dud. It was okay. It was fine. Yeah, um, it's definitely I the feel weakest. Like it's definitely the weakest. I think season one's fantastic. Season two is pretty good. Yeah. Um, this one's starting out strong. I think. I'm getting a lot of like 80s and 90s thriller um, vibes from it, which I'm really liking. It feels it feels natural, um, yes. and I think they do their best work when they're when they tone it down or they like strip it back a little bit. Yes, uh, that was what made the first your, season so effective. exactly. Here's yeah. your main storyline, except this time we have the advantage of we're we're keeping this very baseline storyline. There's two lo- two main locations. Uh, all these characters already, you know, all these characters. We're introducing new ones, but you know, all these characters already. So we can skip that crap. Yeah. Let's just get into it. Um, Did they bring and it's Sean working Astin very well back? So far. Uh, no. Frick. Not yet, at least. They need to he bring could back come back Sean eventually. Astin. I, if they can I bring back, back Hopper, they need yeah, to bring if, back if Sean. If they can bring back Hopper in the, like, the worst move that they've done so far, yes. um, you know, they can bring him back. Sean Astin is my favorite actor. He's yeah, so I still don't cute. agree with the keeping Hopper alive. Thing. I don't either. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays he out. Been dead. Yeah, and I but like Hopper. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But so far, uh, there's a very interesting like main plot point happening. Um, I like the reintroduction of D and D as a main topic point. That's oh. like what made the first season so cool. Yeah, and the second season. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. It's 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 so far so good. My my opinion could sway drastically since there's like you know, like eight more hours of content. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know the last episode is two and a half hours. Yeah. Last episode's two and a half hours, which is like yes. insanely long. Um, yes. I think the second to last one is also like hour 40. So yeah, but I just have it on when I'm working. It's, it's a perfect show to like, you can still pay attention, but not have to like overanalyze anything. Um, yeah, but I'm impressed so far. I think they're doing a good job. Okay, I'll, I'll probably watch it. I mean, I'm not probably. I will watch it in the next couple of weeks, but it is a lot of content to get through. It's a lot, yeah. So I we'll probably talk about it once we both finished yeah. part one, because there is going to be a second part with more episodes. It's just two episodes, but it's very long. So, yes. so we'll talk about it once we've both done that. Um, music time. Music wow, time. this has been a long podcast for the main YouTube viewers. So <laughs> this is going to be a main uh, YouTube video that's pretty long as well. There's a lot. Oh, Unless good. I do the thing where I talk really fast and get through everything really fast. Oh, good. We'll that see. That be fun. Man, um, we got to get that two-hour mark only a half hour. We got to. Yeah. We got to. We're at 126. Um, so get your get your. Where bag. do I want to start today? I'm going to start today with uh, Logic. Oh, okay. Interesting. Logic did it again. Oh, he did um, another song? He he did another song. 
Okay. And it's better than the song he released last time. Wow. So okay. I I don't know what's happening, Bobby. Oh, um, it has Blue and Exile in it. Yeah, he oh. got Blue and Exile. Um, That's pretty cool. On a song, and it's very good. I was surprised. I, this sounds like 2014 logic. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. There's a there's a switch that flipped. And he's like, I right, time to like make good music again. Yeah. Um, so I haven't listened to like all the singles from this new album, but the two I've listened to, they both hit. Okay. Um, so I think he's a, I don't know. I feel like he works well when he's not under pressure. No pun intended. Um, I think he's just making music that he wants to make right now. Is that a and logic, uh, right? that's, that's where his best stuff comes out. Um, that he was also in the news for something completely different that oh. he, he claimed his confessions of a dangerous mind album was a, a satire and that it was supposed to be bad. Um, <laughs> That album is atrocious, and I do not believe a single word he says yeah. about it being a satire. So what there's nothing satirical about that. Yeah. Um, it has my dad there, in it, though. There was, yeah, featuring his dad, I believe. Um, no, my dad. Yeah. The artist, my dad. Yeah. You don't understand. It's his dad. Um, the, the title track for that album was really good, and then the rest of the album is just garbage. So. Oh no. Oh no. Which sucks because the cover art for it is pretty cool. I like the cover art. Yeah. Um, I would yeah, buy a he, vinyl of that. He claimed that was a, a, a all a prank, all oh, a funny joke. Oof. Um, I should have. Which I mean, I feel like people would be more open to him saying that if like he hasn't been on this major like downward spiral in terms of quality. Like the record he released before that was Supermarket. So I don't think you're in any position to be like, this is just making fun of bad music so I could get like, so I can make fun of like how easy it is to make chart topping rap music. And yeah. then this album just absolutely flopped. So yeah. I don't believe you, but this new stuff you're doing, I like it. Okay. I feel like he's comfortable. He's making something that's familiar, but a little different. Um, going back to the boom baps type stuff. Uh, and he's not recycling lyrics. So oh, that's all I can ask. ask. Okay. I think there was one recycled lyric in this one, but like, it didn't really bother me. Okay. But I, I do think blue absolutely murdered him, but that's to be expected. Um, I kind of think of blue was like logic. If his quality kept increasing, <laughs> uh, yeah, they have kind of similar styles where they're both like, not lyrical spiritual individuals, but very close to it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But have like a more positive spin on their art usually. But blue is miles ahead usually. Uh, no pun intended again. Man, I'm just killing it today. Um, those are two puns and one one <laughs> track. That's fantastic. Uh, what's next? Chance the Rapper. Oh. New song. Wow, you um, got a lot of twists coming today. I do. Uh, he has dropped a one-minute song. <laughs> oh. One minute and five seconds, a bar about a bar. And it's literally a 16 bar verse about a bar. Okay. Not Interesting. bad. But like, um, <laughs> I think the issue I have here is he's taking, this is a weird rollout because he's dropping the most low key songs as singles. Because Child of God was also very like slow. It's kind of like Crown where it's like very simple, but it's like a story driven thing. Um. Which, I mean, I liked. And then this one, is, it's a minute, like, interlude. Where, like, yeah, he's rapping pretty decent, and the beat's pretty good. But 
I don't know why you're releasing a minute song as like a teaser to your project. <laughs> I have no idea. So, I don't know. He's got a weird rollout happening. Um, this is still a lot better than the big day. I feel like he's taking the humble, I'm sorry approach to this whole thing. Okay. Where he's just kind of quietly like revving up for something. Um, these songs have been very like very organic instruments and like i don't know he's just back to rapping at a higher quality um but just an interesting single to drop i don't think i've ever seen someone drop a minute long song as a single for their upcoming album no i don't think i have either it's it's a little weird (laughs) um but yeah uh looking forward to whenever he decides to be like hey here's the album um I am on Team Chance. I, I need the comeback tour to be a real thing. Uh, you can only go up from here. That's true. It's physically impossible for you to go lower <laughs> than where you were at. That is true. Um, I guess I'll do a couple upcoming records or mm. just new things. Um, Elucid's album, a uh, new album is coming out June 10th. Um, so very excited for that one. Got a lot of... Billy Woods, quite Chris features, um, a lot of different producers going on here. He's got a Kenny Seagal uh, production credit on here, Alchemist, um, just the usual crew that hangs out with this label. But very excited to see what Elucid's got. They've been happy enough this project for a while. Um, I think Elucid's in a good form to make a new solo project. I feel like he's high, he's uh, tightened his skills in the past couple of years. So. Very excited for that on the 10th. We got Post Malone next week on the 3rd. That's true. Um, he was on Hot Ones. He was on Hot Ones. He's hyping up this record. Yeah, he was. He said there's only like. Um, he's keeping like the producers. Like there's only a couple producers. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to tell a story. And I'm like, okay, guy. We'll last, see how it goes. Last person I heard trying to do a concept album out of their element was Casey Musgraves. Yeah. Yeah. Not to like completely set up that this is going to be awful. But, no, I, but I really want to, I really want it to be good because Post Malone's such a cool guy. I love, I love he, him. He's, he's such a such nice a guy. Great energy. Yeah. He's yeah. Um, I guess we'll see next week. I we'll see. I don't know. I, I like the single that he dropped. I just don't like the Roddy Rich feature. Yeah. So. Yeah. I like the song we'll that he did on SNL with fleet Foxes too. Yeah. I just need a good mix of that song so I can actually form an opinion on it. I, I'm sure. Uh, Cause I didn't like it because of the way SNL mixes crap. It sounded bad. Um, yes. Like <laughs> just the, the production of it, but I, I've heard that song twice on SNL. Yeah. And when he was playing it through his speakers on Instagram live. So I have not heard a good version of that song either, but I do <laughs> like it. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see next week. We'll have a first reaction to that one yes. out sometime at soon after the third. Yes. Um, Black Country New Road. Uh, a new song already? No. Oh. Uh, they, they're starting performances again. Um, oh, okay. They have started touring again throughout Europe. Um, they're one of these bands that I really like out of this windmill scene where they practice new material live. Yes. Um, it's a really cool thing. They can kind of feel out what people are vibing with or not. Um, and everybody's big question was like, what the heck are they going to do? Their singer's gone. Yeah, What's that's, happening? That's true. Um but we have like an hour of new material that they did um, at some some gigs uh, in somewhere in London, I'm sure. Um, but the it's sounding good. 
again, this, these are live recordings from people's phones, so it's hard to pick out what's actually happening. And the voices are like very quiet, but it seems like they're doing, um, they're switching off uh, vocalists throughout tracks, mm. um, which I think is interesting. I like that uh, instead of just pinning it on one person. Um, it seems like this band could go anywhere because they've tried two vastly different styles and it's worked incredibly well both times. This one seems more similar to Ants from up there. I feel like they're going deeper into this arcade fire route. Um, okay. Which isn't a bad thing. I mean, Answer from Up There is like literally perfect. So I don't know if they want to be too similar to that, just because like that might mellow out a little bit, just because you've given us the best of the best when it comes to that sound. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. They're they're still sounding very good. Uh, you got May and Tyler on vocals for a lot of them. Um, they both sound really nice. I think May's vocals are probably the best of everybody. Um, Lewis is kind of the front man. I guess at least that's the way they have him set up with a saxophone in the front. Um, I think he's sung one or two songs that sounded pretty decent. Um, But again, these songs are longer. Um, I feel like there's more of a less of a post-punk route I'm seeing in these performances, at least from what I can hear. It's hard to make out like the compositions right now because it seems everything's so early. Um, It does feel more like that arcade fire style whatever you want to classify that as a genre um but yeah it it seems more i guess like baroque rock i want to call it i don't know if that's a thing but i feel like baroque rock is is a good indicator there yeah um but i don't know i'm i'm liking where they're going i'm excited to see where they go from here i am okay without a record for a year or two if they just really need to batten this down um I feel like they've given us two incredible records and they don't need to like, you know, hurry up and do another one. But I'm assuming based on like how often they just do live shows and how much they love live performances that they won't be too long before we get something new. Yeah. And I'll be ready because this is like one of the best bands in the world right now. And they're incredibly young. Other than about to un- uh, the White Snakes. And they're entering a new phase. Um, I think that was all the new stuff. Okay. Which is good because there wasn't a whole lot. Um, but I did dive into some other stuff that I've been uh, waiting to um, get to. I guess the new Quelle Chris album, Deaf Fame. I listened to that one this week. Pretty, pretty good. I need to listen to it more. I only listened to it once. Um, but very nice. Love the instrumentation on it. Uh, I only missed it because uh, Kendrick came out that same day. Quelle Chris was the only uh, rap artist man enough to to keep his release date <laughs> um, to the 13th. So uh, shout out to Quelle Chris for that. Um, which, I mean, the album did, still did. You know, he's it's underground, but like, you know, he did pretty decent numbers on it. Uh, quality's pretty good here. Um, speaking of Kendrick, Kendrick added the heart part five onto the main album. Oh, really? Um, as a disc three. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Pulling a, I don't know Silk who else Sonic. has done this. Yeah, Silk Sonic. That's who it was. <laughs> Wait, I don't um, see it on here. It's Did... in a different album. Oh. There's There should be two Mr. Morales on his Spotify page. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see that. Um, Yeah, it, it is listed as a disc three. So it does break out of the album, which is good. So I don't mind it too much. Um. And I do think the heart part five is a good 
it's a good either song. opener or closer to the whole thing. It's a good tie-in through the whole project. Yeah. Um, so I don't hate it too much. Is it is it a grab for more streams? Possibly, very possible. I know a lot of labels do that. Yeah. Well, um, is TDE would they stoop that low? I don't know. Not sure. They could. Um, Maybe. But I don't know. I feel like Kendrick doesn't care about that, but whoever's no. managing it might. Yeah, um, they they realize that this is the last bit of Kendrick that they can profit yeah, off of. Milk all we get out of yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't mind it. I, I feel like it still fits very closely, and that they separated it into a third disc is good. Yeah. I would be very angry if they placed it right after Mirror as a track 10 on disc 2, because that would yes. destroy the entire album's flow, concept, and Mirror. Uh, yeah. Like the Mirror of the actual album. Mm. So... At least they did that. Well, um, it'll be interesting to see um, when vinyls come out, if it's going to be on the vinyl. Yeah, I'm not sure. Hmm. I feel like, well, this isn't a real double album. You could fit all this on two LP, or one LP, I mean. Um, really? It's pretty long. So. It's an hour I mean, It's an 20. hour 13 without Heart Part 5. Oh, oh, true. So I, I think know. to be a double album... It'd have to be like an hour 30 or an hour 25. I don't know the exact. How many uh, records did uh, Dark Beautiful Twisted Fantasy have? Three, but it needed. It only needed two. That, that Dark Twisted Fantasy vinyl is the worst vinyl ever made. <laughs> that album is an hour eight. Yeah, and he put it on three vinyl. So I think having morale on two is acceptable. That's what they'll do. Yeah. yeah. It's just technically it's not a double album, but I mean, it works with the, the concept and everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think they'll do it on two. They should have room for our part five on. I was wondering if they could do it like the main album on three sides and then the hard part five and then maybe like a etching design for the for the mm. fourth side. Yeah, that could be cool. Um, I just want some separation. Because yeah. Mirror ends in such a strong way where I would like it to just stop. <laughs> That's true. But that is very picky. Um, but yeah, it's just an interesting thing. I never thought like Kendrick would be one to like update stuff like that. But Kanye's influence knows no bounds. Yeah, I don't know if this is Kendrick's move, though. If I Yeah, I don't know either. There's yeah. no way to tell either because he doesn't talk at all. Nope. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, let's go to what else I listened to this week. Um, there is this, uh, album, I guess we can call it an album. Okay. Um, this is the first album I've listened to that's just one song. <laughs> okay. Um, it's classified as an album. It's actually an album, but there's one song on it and it's 35 minutes long. Uh, it's Fishman's Long Season. This has like a cult following to it. Fishman. Um, it's one that's been on my radar for years and I just never sat down and listened to it. Um, it's it's dream pop technically but it's reggae dub psychedelic rock and dream pop all in one song <laughs> okay um it might it is one of the most magical songs i've heard in a long time um yeah but one song on the whole thing uh it's in japanese or most of it is um but the singer's got like this insane voice the song is so calming, but it's also very rhythmic and groovy. And I don't know, this this mixture of like ambient and dream pop and these really awesome like guitar solos. It, it, it's really, really great. Um, and I thought that was really good. And then apparently um, they have one of the best live albums ever made, according to everybody. Oh. Um, 
So they have a version of that song on the live album that's 41 minutes long, and that song blows up the studio version out of the water. Oh. Um, I haven't heard a live song recorded this well, like, ever. Like, huh. the, the way that they put this onto, like, a like an album, like, it sounds better than the studio version. It You'd never be able to tell that this is a live recording. Um, but that song goes even harder, and it's even more, like, dreamy and out there. Mm. Uh yeah, this is a magical, magical song. Um, I don't know. I haven't listened to the rest of the album since like two hours, since it's a, like a live performance. Yeah, I just skipped it. To, you know, the the real thing everybody talks about, because um, I've heard their catalogs kind of hit or miss. But okay, I don't know. The one song I've heard is like <laughs> incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I recommend everybody listen to that one because, like, man, even me, I don't care who you are. Like that's, if you just treat it like an album, like it'll be one of the best experiences because there's, there's distinct sections of it. Um, but yeah, there's, it's so, so, so good. Um, I've been kind of addicted to that song this week. Um, but yeah, long season, check it out. It's great. Okay. It's fun. It's groovy. It's everything you want a song to be. Um, I checked out a new song this week. Yo. It was Kalia's big debut single. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll try to make it to the other side. We got a comment asking if we would do a reaction to it. Uh, it's one song, so no, we're not going to be doing a reaction to it. No video on that, no. No. But you get this right now. You get this. So if you are listening to this, uh, I'm, I did listen to it. I don't know if you're going to like my answer. It wasn't very good. Um, I oh, can, wow. t- I know. I think the guy has some potential. His voice is interesting. So I think he needs to develop it a little bit more. But I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to get into like some R&B sad boy, maybe. A little interesting combination. Um, But I didn't hate it. But it's definitely not a big debut single. So I have not listened to it. Okay, it's fine. It's five so and a half minutes. An it probably could have been three, if I'm being honest. So, okay. you know. You were not the resident long song enjoyer, though. No, but I can appreciate long songs um, if they're done well. This one was. I don't know why I'm giving this a review because it has 100 streams on Spotify, <laughs> but we just got a comment to react to it. So I. Was, there you go. <laughs> I yeah. did it. I listened to it. Yeah. So there Listen you go. To our viewers. Let's get to the main meat and potatoes of this week. Okay. Um, uh, I said I was going to take a break from Swan, so I'm a filthy liar. <laughs> okay. You guys thought I was taking a break. Um, but I, I, I finished To Be Kind, finally. Um, started with Soundtracks for the Blind. Uh, got traumatized. Haven't listened to it again since it's two and a half hours long, and it's a freaking chore to get through. Um, I, I'll revisit it eventually. I haven't given a score to it at all because I feel like I haven't fully uh, immersed myself in it yet. Um, but to be kind, uh, I've been kind of playing around with the first disc for a while. Never sat down and listened to the whole two hours. Uh, finally did this week, and oh my god, uh, this one actually clicked. So oh okay. Um, and it is something. This is this is another one of these records where you can kind of talk about it, but like. You, until you actually experience it, you, you'll have no idea like what it is. Um, two hours, one minute, five songs in each side. Um, 
I, this is still post-rock, I think. Um, it's very different post-rock, though. Godspeed has very gradual like builds and crescendos. They're known for like the most the most seamless and explosive and interesting crescendos. Uh, that still rings true. This is more gradual to the point where you can't even tell the song is like changing. Um, this might be torture for a lot of people because this album literally is like the most primal rock music probably ever made. Um, I think Fantano called this the death of rock and roll <laughs> or oh. rock music in his review for it. Okay. Um, I would agree with that. It's there's like no song structure to any of these. It feels like everything's based off of like, like momentum and pure instinct and nothing else. Like these instrumentals are it's guitars and drums, a little extra things, but like, I think there's two drum kits. Um, but these songs are just drawn out. They're slow builds. The lyrics are incredibly simple. All of them are more chants than they are like lyrical passages. Um, the builds are gradual, but you can feel them eventually. Like maybe my second or third listen, I was really like, yeah, that I don't know what I heard the first time, but what I'm hearing now is like literally perfect compared to what I was hearing before. Um, but starting off with screenshots, amazing. Uh, again, the first time you listen to anything like this, I had no idea how to even talk about it, what it was doing. It didn't seem like it was doing anything. Um, but now it's, it's really hitting, but screenshots, fantastic. Just a little boy is like this really, I want to call it post blues because <laughs> it has the blues sound song structure of like lyrical refrain instrumental passage lyrical refrain instrumental passage um except this is like to an extreme and instead of actual blues guitar it's just this like hammering of instruments um and these just demented lyrics that are like i think this this is the one that has like the, the laughing that like goes through all channels um it's it's a demented song but it's really fantastic uh little god in my hands is incredible as well there's like this chanting that comes up that's like a children's choir or something that's like terrifying and the song builds so well um there's the the singer i, get, I think michael jira is his name um i don't know if you can call him a singer on this record i don't think he would i would soundtracks for the blind is a lot more chill uh not in the lyrical content that record's a lot more disturbing than this one but it was a lot more chill and then there wasn't like a lot of screaming this one's like yelling constantly um I think there's points in some songs where he just starts like barking and growling. Uh, it's it's crazy, <laughs> but a little God in my hands is fantastic. And then you have Bring the Sun, uh, the two part track that's 34 minutes long. Um, and it's weird because his music's like hypnotic, but it's also like incredibly like heavy. It's not like a good kind of hypnotic where you're just kind of like lost in a trance and everything's like pretty. This is like lost in a trance that just like the utter like heaviness and density of the mix that's getting thrown at you. Um, but everything's in like this very primal rhythm. There, it just feels like the song is like living and breathing and just moving slowly and slowly and slowly to the point of insanity. Um, the, the lyrics just get more unhinged and unhinged as the song keeps going. It just evolves into like growling and barking and just random noise um it it's like it, it is an experience 
this this would be an interesting first reaction video if the, if that ever became <laughs> a thing. Like it's such a weird like cuz this this record doesn't like it's not overly depressing or disturbing. So there's like this really really interesting feeling you get listening to it where you're just like observing but all of a sudden then you're like part of it and you're like okay, I can't keep I can't stop like bobbing my head or like getting into this as it keeps going. Um, it's like it's forcing your its way into your head and not leaving. It's it's so strange. Um, <laughs> but I don't know the pure intensity of this record. I, I think the two hour length helps it. At first, it's a chore, but like after you get through it once or twice, and like for me, it clicked like halfway through the second listen, so I didn't have to like give too much of a challenge with it. Um, I think soundtracks for the blind is gonna be a lot more of an issue for me. Um, which is weird because I would have thought I would have liked that record more. But mm. I don't know. This one's just, it is the craziest experience. I, I see why I see why this is praised as like one of the best things of the last last decade. I think Fantano gave this number two in the decade. I think T-Pab barely beat it. Mm. Um, is that, that yeah, one a this, 10 for him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I gave this a 97 as of now. Um, okay. Could grow. I don't see it shrinking because I, I listened to it on headphones um, for this like two times. And then today I listened to some of it in the car. And I think this needs to be played in speakers out loud because <laughs> you can only get so much through headphones in terms of like volume and like volume and just feeling because um, they are just two small speakers. When I played this in the car, like, these guitars sounded like they were just like breaking down walls. There's parts of the songs where it's like everything's so calculated and they're so tight as a band where they just have these like slower passages and then just this heavy onslaught of every single person in the band just slamming their instrument um, at like the same time. So I don't know. This record's insane. I would love to do a Swans reaction but like that also kill both of us and it would be it's so strange no you know i'm gonna hate it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i don't think that would be good i think i would get we would get lampooned harder than anything ever <laughs> it would be worse than mariah carey nah no, swans no, fans gonna... aren't that stuck up oh i was just joking yeah. Nothing could be worse than Mariah Carey. Exactly. We we've already <laughs> we've already gone to the deep end once. It's not happening again. Next um, up we are reacting to a Nicki Minaj album. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Please no. <laughs> um that would suck. Yeah. Not the album. No, the reaction not the album. to it would suck. Yeah. Um, if I even said, eh, I don't really care for this song too much. That everybody yeah. like you are. This song was bad. about twenty seconds too long. I hate you so <laughs> I much. Hate you. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this thing kind of blew me away this week uh, i wasn't expecting to like really really finally have one click but i feel like it helped by just going through the first disc casually and then finally sitting down and be like right, i'm finishing this um so yeah incredible record insane one of the one of the most unique experiences i've ever had um yeah i, I feel like this is definitely an acquired taste but a lot of people really really like this one so it's weird that this is the most accessible one or one of the more accessible ones because this is still extremely challenging to get into. So, yeah. but now, now I've cracked the code a little bit. So now I can kind of move on to other things here. Um, I know they have the seer and the glowing man. So I'm going to do one of those next. I'm going to yeah. wait on soundtracks for the blind until I've gone through 
most of their other stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know how they've released like, because the Seer and the Glowing Man are almost like reviewed as highly as To Be Kind, and all of these came out within 2012 to 2016, and they're both two hours long, or all of them are two hours long. So they they really went hard during those those years. Um, the Seer has a scary thingy on the cover, so I might do that one next. That one seems fun. Seer. I need to see how scary this is. Got like a little like teddy bear, except he's got like human teeth. It's kind of scary. Oh yeah, it looks like the the cat from Alice in Wonderland. A little bit, yeah. Wow. So I might do that one next. Um, it can't be more terrifying than what I've heard on To Be Kind. So. Okay. I wouldn't think. I mean, To Be Kind just got a picture of a baby on it, and then you expect you expect it to be like. You don't expect it to be what you get. What you get is like primal rage for two hours. Well, it is a crying um, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That is my face after I finish the album. But <laughs> I, I guess it's pretty accurate in that way. Yeah. But I'll probably do the seer and then the glowing man. And we'll go from there. But I don't know. I don't know if this is starting a swan's addiction or if to be kind is just the one that really broke through. I guess we'll figure it out in the coming weeks. But I think that's everything I have. That's it. That's it. Okay. Crazy. Yeah, 60 minutes. Come on, man. Uh, um, retrospective. Uh, retrospective dropping later. Well, no. Next no. week. Cemetery. Cemetery is coming out later today. Yeah. Cemetery is coming out later today or tomorrow if you're on the YouTube channel. That's right. a fun one. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. That was that was an interesting experience. That was interesting. I, uh, I didn't know. You let me know that it's going to be a little bit longer. I wouldn't know. It's 50, 53 minutes. That's the render. Interesting. Okay. Um, so whoever whoever asked for that, um, you're, you're getting your money's worth. Yes. Your zero dollars worth that you paid us to do that. They just um, commented on Blur. It's Rook9363. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're getting a lot of content with that. That was, that was a fun one to edit. Um, and I, I actually like, I, I still remain uh, solid on the songs that I liked because they were still fun that, to listen to. That you gave editing. a heart? Yes, the ones I gave a heart to. Okay. Um, I don't know. I feel like that album's gonna grow on me if I listen to it more, but I'm not. I'm probably not going to listen to it more. It, it seems very seasonal. <laughs> it's it's very seasonal. Yeah. It and it is not a um, summertime album. No, definitely not. No. But yeah, stay tuned. Retrospective next week, and then we got some other stuff coming. Post it'll, Malone. It'll be retrospective and Post Malone, probably. Yeah. yeah. Around the same time. Which is fine. Something like that. I don't think. I don't think that the retrospective is going to be necessarily long. My guess is that it's going to be a shorter one. Just we have a lot of albums, but a lot of weird ones that don't require discussion. So No. Yeah, like we aren't going to be talking about Cemetery or Corey Feldman for very long, I imagine. Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. We probably won't be talking about Peppa Pig. Even though it is yeah. a modern masterpiece, I feel like it is. We probably it speaks for itself. We don't need to talk about it. Right. Yes, so we'll we'll get our stuff situated. Um, follow us on Twitter if you want to know when we're posting things. It's pretty fun. Or if you just want to see our funny tweets. I do I tweet sometimes. I have, no, I, I have no creative input on the Twitter. You can. By choice. You can, you can do it. By choice. You have the login. You can just tweet whatever you want. I had one banger like one time, and then we were suspended during that time, so I didn't get to oh, post it. Yeah. It was time sensitive. So It was. It was good. Um, they'll come eventually. I, I'm very few and far between. Yes. 
when I hit, I'm going to hit. It's just going to take a, like three months. <laughs> yeah. I, I took a break for a couple of days because I didn't feel like joking in the wake of a mass shooting. So Real. I took a couple of days off. I started tweeting again yesterday. I didn't want to tweet about politics or thoughts and prayers because I'm like, I'm not adding anything. So I'm just going to. Yeah, I feel like I'd become anything. unhinged if I just did that on Twitter. So. Yeah, I was following Bo Burnham's advice, and he was just like, can anyone just shut the fuck up for about yeah. any one thing? Like, I would have got it as suspended 100% this week. So. <laughs> okay, good. I would probably would have got it as banned off the platform. but What do you mean? It's the platform of free speech. Elon Musk yeah, said that, so. Yeah, that has its, that's, that has its uh, limits, I think. What? Do you think that they would ban liberals on Twitter? Probably not. <laughs> I would get us at least suspended though if I tweeted it all this week. That's okay. all I'm saying. You know what? I think that's fair. I just I just didn't say anything. Because I didn't want to. I tweeted about Kenobi twice. But one episode before it came out and one or one tweet before it came out and one tweet after. And now Perfect. I won't tweet about it until it's over. Ever. Ever. Okay, well, we hit two hours. Nice. Let's go. That's we did exciting. It. So, happy um, happy Memorial Day when this podcast is coming out. Everybody thank a veteran. Everybody thank your memoirs. Thank your memoirs. Memoirs. Your memoirs. Thank your memoirs. I like, this is a little trick I learned. If you go up to an army soldier man at a restaurant that you see and then you say no thank you for your service i'm actually not a fan of the military industrial complex then <laughs> then you actually uh he like gives you a weird look it's a little trick i learned i find it as weird as when people just like do that to anybody wearing a military hat yeah oh yeah i do that whenever i see like old guys with vietnam vet hats i say hey you contributed to the cold war in a rather harmful <laughs> way. And you know what? You frankly don't deserve my respect. And then, you know, they get angry at me. Call me a, call me a bunch of names and slurs and stuff. But that's okay. It's fine. It's a little trick I learned how to get people mad at you as fast as possible. I'm going to make a WikiHow article about it. Nice. I think there's a lot of things you can put on that list. <laughs> there's just like some things that will just like, you know, zero to a hundred. Yeah. I thought Most about, of them involve like hate criming, but yes. Or you can tweet at an airport and say that you're going to do something horrible. Oh and then yeah. You will get the FBI, and you will get arrested. Yeah. For sure. Hey, that any press is good cool. press. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just want to at Delta Airlines. <laughs> I've added American Airlines, and they never responded to me. But I, I wasn't threatening an airport. I was just, I was trying to say, I had such a bad experience on your plane, and then they were going to respond, and I was going to say, shut up. But then they never <laughs> responded. Horatio. <laughs> yeah. I went through a phase when we first started the Twitter where I was just editing people trying to get responses, but I never got any responses. <laughs> then it just looks sad. Yeah, it just looks sad. So now I just tweet at nobody. And 
like we that seems to be working yeah it seems to be working we just got a follower today so that's pretty yeah. cool so 